0: Welcome to the Pixels and Podcast, episode 288, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Muir, and joining me today are the illustrious panel of podcasters. We have Cole Watson.
1: It's cold out there. Yay! Hi, Cole. Hey. <laughs> Did you come
0: to work in a t-shirt today?
1: No. Oh. I came with a sweater, and then I waited 30 minutes for this to start. No. Oh. <laughs> well, um,
0: thanks for
2: coming!
1: Yay!
0: And we also have... Our editor in chief, Brendan Fry.
1: Hello
2: there, Lisa.
0: How are you doing, Brendan?
2: I'm good, Cole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. This is weird. We make eye contact for two seconds, Cole. <laughs> Completely shifts attention.
0: Guys, there's some tension going
1: on in here. That <laughs> <is> wasn't sexual. <laughs> oh
0: dear. And brand new to the podcast panel, this week we have Alexander Hansiuk.
3: Oh, see. Oh, that was that was very close on the last name, but I'm really happy to be here excited. How is it,
0: How do you uh, say your last name? Uh Hanziuk. Yeah.
3: I'm sitting next to Cole, he's shirtless. It's it's going good. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep stripping.
0: Cole. <laughs> I mean, I understand this is your fetish, but we have a podcast to run Podcasting here. Podcasting shirts is his fetish. <laughs>
1: it's very specific. It's uh, a very, very specific. I'm going to have to talk to HR about this. Oh my goodness.
0: Uh, well guys, we have uh, quite a list of news to run down to you this week. Um, let's start with the games. It wasn't a great week. Not a lot of hits. No. Not a lot of hits came out um, cuz obviously we have God of War and
2: Project Labo.
0: Project Labo coming out well, this week. Clearly,
3: they're both equal. I, Indeed. I, I mean they're, they're both <laughs> going to sell a shit ton, right? Like Yeah, like they're, I
2: mean they d- the d- different audiences, right? I yes. mean Nintendo knows that their audiences under the age of 12. And Sony that too, Labo knows Labo that it's everyone. Cool.
3: As long as their parents don't find out who it is. Is Is anybody on this podcast buying Labo? Is that?
2: I mean, we will probably Ah. play it. I just I don't think it's built for me. Yeah, it's it's, uh, having tried it, it, it's really neat, but it's clearly built for an
1: audience that's under the age of twelve. Yeah, like Mm. I don't think the games itself are going to be all that amazing. But I do want to customize my own like cardboard creations. They're they're kind of just
2: generic. They're kind of like Wii games or Wii U games where. I'm a giant robot, and I'm doing very generic controls of bashing buildings. Okay, that's all I've got. <laughs> yeah. Or the fishing game, where it's just kind of like... It's like Sega Bass Fishing, if it was the simplest thing ever. But yeah, you're yeah, like you're, Sega Bass
0: Fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say the games aren't the console seller here. No, yeah, yeah. no and by fun. sorry. And by customizing, you mean putting on stickers, right?
1: Putting on stickers and airbrushing. You, you can, can airbrush. color it, yeah. I want to yeah. Yeah. color yeah. it. Up. Yep.
0: You can also, if you, you can probably also trace your own cardboard, too.
3: Yeah, you that's you know, exciting.
0: Replace ripped pieces. <laughs> if you can rip oh, them, yeah. as I had mentioned a few podcasts ago, I could not rip them. But,
2: yeah. yeah, I don't know. It, it's cool. it's a thing that I think is going to do so really well, but I do, uh, they're different audiences. Yes. Clearly, yeah. they're not cannibalizing each other's sales. They're both, they're both different consoles. They're, they're a different beast entirely. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering
1: mm-hmm. if the price is going to scare people away it, for Labo. Labo's pretty pricey. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it is like Ikea
2: cardboard.
4: Okay, but here's here's
0: the thing. <laughs> it, it may be pretty pricey, but think of the, the, the price in context to other you know, major label games coming out are pretty much on par, um, in terms of like what you're able to do with it afterwards. And mm. the the customize it like the fact that each one of them comes with their own like uh they they come with the, the base game obviously. Yeah, yeah. But mm. the fact that you can go really deep and customize like some programming in the games and really alter that kind of thing. That's kind of a neat thing that hasn't been offered by a lot of like well, I, big I think, label companies I think it's anyway. A, it's a
2: neat thing. I'm just worried that you give it to a kid that's too young. They rip it up. Their their parents are angry. They spent eighty dollars on the thing that literally never went yeah. together. Yeah. and
0: I don't I don't believe that their their age limit is a very appropriate one. No, I don't. I really think they need to up it to twelve.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't think six is. Hmm. I I no. don't see any six like we when uh well Brendan and I attended that same um demo. Yeah. And. We were watching kids doing it. The 12-year-old was struggling. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking this kid was 12 years old. I don't
3: know. Maybe just one 12-year-old who wasn't the smartest. And now we're just like...
0: But... That's who the market is, yeah, right? Is. So, and the, the 6 year olds their Jordan. parents were doing. And clearly,
2: Jordan, because Jordan's going to be buying this.
0: Jordan's going to be buying this, and that's
2: he's going to not buy God of War. He's going to buy <laughs> Labo. And it's going to be the game that's going to basically gonna be no like No Man's Sky, where it's going to be the only game he's ever going to need. So wow, he's okay. just going to have all the cardboard and he's gonna it's going to keep it all around his. <laughs> house. We love you, Can Jordan. And Lab will
3: be in the Game of the That'd Year discussion. Is it? I'm pretty sure
0: it's going to be his Game of the Year.
2: Yeah, clearly, it'll be cool.
0: Well, we'll see in December. Cause that'll be that's going to be quite the conversation this year. Mm, yeah. There's quite a few. Well, let's talk about some of the games that did come out. Uh, we have a JRPG <laughs> called Dark Rose Gallery uh, Valkyrie. Um, Yay! It, it had apparently okay. had some unique ideas, but it was kind of failing in its execution. It did not receive like a very most
2: random Steam score. games that it released yeah. that no one cares about. Yeah. Yes. Anyway,
0: so that was that. Um, one that people were actually talking about beforehand was Ex- uh, Extinction. Oh yeah, that uh, one. That was a game by Modius and Iron Galaxy, and so. It like the trailers make it look like this really amazing like cross between Shadow of the Colossus, God of War, with this amazing almost cel shaded comic book art style. Um, it looked like it could have been a really fun jaunt. Yeah. But apparently, upon like release, it came off at of more like Attack on Titan. <laughs> Not a lot was going on. Um, I mean,
2: having seen it at E3, the one that just passed, I walked into the demo and then they said, "This is early beta." I'm like, okay. And you just saw the character like zooming through buildings, and yeah. like the trailer was really cool. Then you saw the gameplay. I'm like, is this all you do? You just got like swing around these giant, giant troll things, cut them up. Then the nether one, you just keep swinging from each. Other. Like that looks kind of cool.
1: So there's but, like, no like technical issue with it. It's just that the gameplay is shallow. It's yeah. just really, really yeah. shallow, mm-hmm. from
2: what I'm hearing. Um, and, and from seeing it, it looked shallow. I'm like, is this all the game? They're like, yeah, we're gonna have lots of different sections where you do this. I'm like, huh, all right. That'll last. <laughs> that sounds like there's going to be different sections. There's going to be different monsters. You have to do, like, there's armor you have to knock
1: off before you can actually cut them. I'm like,
2: hi. Right. Hmm. that's that's a thing.
1: Yeah, not the most exciting <laughs> game. But I, I do I, really I, like its art style.
2: Yeah, I, I think, but it's a budget title, right? It's a yeah. title that you, It's re- is it 505 releasing that one?
1: Uh, I see Modus Iron Galaxy on here.
0: Um... I th- think it might have been five oh five on that one. I don't know. But yeah, I know it, the, it's, the developer.
2: It, I only got the developers. It, it seems like a game that... It's it's like a B-tier game. Like It's fine yeah. Mm. Yeah. if you have 40 bucks and can't afford God of War. Okay, it's like,
1: so at least it's not a full price. I think
2: it's not full price. I don't know. I don't have a computer in front of me, so I have no way to checking.
0: Uh, uh, I can check that one out right now. Actually, I have the link right there. But uh, we'll go back to that one. And uh, finally, one that actually was getting pretty high critical reviews, and I understand why. Uh, I can't wait to kind of sink into this one myself. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Get, get it? You'll get it in a second, because this is a, a multiplayer ship-to-ship versus monster battle system, so uh, a battle like, game so, called Maelstrom. Oh,
2: So not Sea of Thieves. Not <laughs> Sea of Thieves.
0: This is Sea of Thieves with an actual storyline, and... <laughs> oh. Too, oh. Too soon. Too soon. Too oh. soon. I'm yeah. sorry. A rip Sea of Thieves. Um... Actually, it's doing really well. It's doing really well. It's, it's doing really, really it's well. It's doing fine. Which is good. Yeah. Is that
1: in sales-wise or Game Pass-wise? I, I um, think it's players-wise. Players-wise. So. But this so is, is a good about. thing,
0: because even if it has that, all right, that means that they're seeing that there's player, there's players... There's a community building up. There's players who want to play it, which means that they'll probably want to start thinking about supporting the game with more things nope. and having more events. You don't know Did that. You, yet. I, I think I'm going to think <laughs> optimistically, because I think that's my voice on this podcast. What they're going
2: to do is... Hey, new hats you can buy for your characters. <laughs> how many microtransactions can they put into this game that's on Twitch that people are going to say, "Well, you need to look the coolest possible, or you're not a person that matters in this game."
1: You need the doctor disrespect cutlass. Yeah, so you're just not cool. Exactly.
2: I just see them like marketing this. Oh, it's going to not be Twitch. It's going to be Mixer. Let's be clear here. Oh, Mixer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how many microtransactions can they put into this game to make Microsoft happy? I'm thinking it's going to be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they're going to support the game with lots. Maybe like a blue crack, and if you if you reach like expert level, you get a blue crack, and it's going to attack you. Does it
1: come with a body this time? <laughs> oh, okay, who knows?
0: There's okay. Look, every other monthly player out there has had something like down the road. I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. I'm just going to say that there's going to be something
2: happening. That's that's hmm. the assumption that Microsoft's going to let it last that long.
1: Yeah, because they are not confident. Confident about anything they put out. No, no. They're like yeah, that happened.
0: Yeah, maybe we forgive away for free.
2: It's cool, right?
0: Free.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway, let's talk about Maelstrom uh, because this one's doing pretty well, uh, even though it's an only only on early access at the moment on Steam. But um, what isn't? What isn't? <laughs> let's, let's be real here. This is the new full release, okay? Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's doing really well in the fact that it has a lot of content, has mm-hmm. a lot of combat. Um, the graphics are gorgeous. Um, and there seems to be a lot of, like, uh, ability to control a lot of the things, features yeah. in your chip and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to see where this one goes. Um, mm-hmm. No uh, word yet on exactly when it's going to be a full release, but, you know, it's early access, so it may never have to. So there Ooh. we go. And that's what came out last week. <laughs> and this week's going to be an interesting week, but we'll talk about that next podcast. Cause... We already know, but uh, really, all we need to know is God of War and Nintendo. God of Labo. War's coming,
1: yeah. God yeah, of War and Labo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, moving on to news. Uh, we had a sad week last week when. Uh, Oh man, names, you know how I am. Isayo Takahata, the co founder of Studio Ghibli, passed away at
2: age 82. I mean, he, he, he yeah. lived a full life. He did. He did, he did produce some amazing films. Oh,
1: yeah. He really did. Grave he... of the Fireflies is a masterpiece. Oh. It is. Everyone should check it out if you haven't. I mean, you. Prepare
2: will. to, like, cry a lot. Also, your yeah. day is ruined. You will not have yeah. a good day after
3: that point. <laughs> and you're also watching this knowing that he's dead, so it's like a double.
2: Yeah, it's like, wow, this guy's never going to make more movies. Oh. Mm.
1: The one thing I had a problem with was that when, when he passed, everyone was just like, oh, he's just the sidekick <laughs> to Hayao Miyazaki. I'm like, no, this guy's doing, like, so much work.
2: I mean, to be fair, we were making uh, light of the fact that most people that were covering this were talking about the guy that helped, the the mastermind behind such <laughs> yeah. films is. I'm like...
1: Not giving him any. Be fair, praise, right? So. we right?
2: We were making light of that fact, but that's what most of the obituaries were like. Yeah. Were the mind that helped... The mastermind So sad.
1: It's like they were both rivals. And and like, Isao has like, Takahata-san has like so many interesting things about like, Mm. I didn't know that the inspiration for Grave of the Fireflies was that he had a personal experience where he survived a U.S. bombing raid. Yeah, so, Mm.
2: and also his films are so touching and very, very sympathetic. Yes. You can, they're very human in their nature.
1: Yeah, unlike yeah. Miyazaki's, where he he they're goes fanciful. he yeah, goes more yeah. into the fantasy and, the, mm. and he was, the,
0: he's yeah. more about like the the metaphor and the yes. like ethereal yeah. aspect of like what anime can do to mm. like uh, animation can bring to like the the film genre. Yeah. Whereas uh, Taka Takahata is grounded. He, he's grounded. Mm. He has he says he feels that his his work shows that he feels that life has its own stories to tell, right. and we need to hear those stories. Yeah, and they're they're little. They're, yeah, it's, it's a nice compliment for, mm-hmm. between the two. So it's going to be very sad that we're never going to see another film from him.
2: It is. Yeah. I mean, he has a good repertoire you can already watch right now.
1: Indeed. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, what else happened last week? Well, we had the BAFTA Awards. Yep. So the... Uh, it, it, unlike other uh, award ceremonies, um, the BAFTA Awards uh, also celebrates uh, games as a media. Mm-hmm. So they did... Quite, it was it was quite a very actually this one was a d- very different um ex- uh, one from previous ones like we had dice awards this year we had the video game awards this year yep. and uh in this one we got a few more um, of the Indies actually recognized in terms of of actual games like recognized mm-hmm. on the same level as A's. Yeah. so um what remains of Edith Fitch uh published by Annapurna interactive. Which was critically acclaimed for a number like throughout the year since its release, Um, that one came off with best game, Um, and they have an artistic achievement award, which is amazing. And uh, not the uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the video game awards and the Dice Awards do not have that award for games. They do not. Mm -hmm. The BAFTAs
2: are more like an Oscars, so yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Have you guys played that one yet? Yeah, it's I really
1: want to check it out, yeah. but I, I haven't <laughs> had the time.
0: I know, um, and this is the one that explores um, schizophrenia. Yeah, and mm. it's has gone under so many like big name radars all year, but celebrated critically within like the 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 well, um, I mean, critics
2: community. I mean, Ninja Theory are known for the AAA games. They did the DMC game. They did the um I? Uh, I think we can forget that one. Heavenly Sword. <laughs> I didn't mind DMC. It was fine. It was
1: okay for me. I um, mean, it looked good.
2: Yeah. They're really pretty. They make pretty games.
1: They make pretty games, and they're always like. Oh, they also did um, Journey of the West.
2: Oh, yeah, Journey yeah. of the West. That's right. So, I mean, and they also did a lot of work on. Um, what was that game? Um, D- Disney Infinity. They did some uh, oh, the yeah. battle systems on Disney <laughs> Infinity. So they, they're they a really well known AAA studio, and the fact that they, they the, the team behind them, with all their AAA talent, built an indie game, mm-hmm. is kind of neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, when you reach out for PR, which a little uh, inside baseball here, you're reaching out to some guy at the studio rather than a massive PR studio. They did it all the PR themselves. They were, they're a massive studio. But they did this all out of their own pocket. And they kind of self-funded it, self-published it. And I think that's a great telling of how AAA games can be made this way. Yeah. And as long as it's done properly and you actually listen to what you're trying to say, you can make a game that is successful, does get those awards, and is not does not have that studio in- interference that some people do see, but you have to be a studio of a level that can achieve this. Yeah. Like not mm. everyone can do this. Because mm-hmm. there's
0: so many, okay, so, I, I mean, this is a formula that a lot of people who have been working in mm-hmm. the industry for a long time um, have gone on, like so many, countless members of Ubisoft, yeah. countless members of EA have gone on to try to form indie studios. Mm-hmm. Not reaching as much success, yeah. and I'm wondering what might. What do you think, Brendan? You've talked to a lot of. S- I mean, the same people. What What would keep them from being reaching the same kind of?
2: Well, it's the the type of stories you tell. Like, there's only a few AAA studios that I've seen go independent and actually make it work. You have yeah. um, uh, Digital Extremes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they went they did. from mm-hmm. AAA development to Warframe, and that was kind of just, hey, we have these assets. This is the last ditch effort to make. Us make money, and if not, we're done. Yeah. And Ninja Theory, where they had um, a few, they had a few projects cut, and they said, "Okay, let's do a personal story. Let's do something we want to actually tell." And they had a lot of blood, sweat, uh, blood, sweat, and tears out of the people in the studio doing it to make that an achievement. And they probably did work. They probably didn't work at the full price they would normally work for. There probably was some cutbacks in what they could do, but they still had a team that w- that knew motion capture, that knew aaa style development, and was able to do that. For an indie game, and that's just, it, it. It's a testament to the studio that loves what they do, mm-hmm. and also has an understanding of what they're good at and what stories they can tell.
1: Yeah, Obsidian has the similar yeah. has a similar story with Pillars of Eternity, yeah, where exactly. that was their last ditch, mm-hmm.
2: or um, Lyrian Studios with um, Divinity series. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. all these studios they know what they're good at, and they know if we get away from that AAA like grind, the meat grinder that exists. And try to just tell a story that we know our audience will enjoy. <coughs> we'll be able to make it. But the problem is, you have some of these people that say, "I think people would like this," rather than saying, "Yeah." Like a lot of these people that say, "I worked at Ubisoft. I know what I know what uh, massive budgets can do. I'm going to make that with like a ten person team." And they don't have the knowledge base of what their audience does, knowledge mm-hmm. base of what they want, and a knowledge base to actually scale back what they want to build.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. a lot of
2: a lot of the problem with a lot of these big names going to indie is they have grand ideas, they have grand concepts of how to build the next be- be- best game but they have a team of 10 to 15 people rather than the 5,000 they yeah. have Ubisoft. <laughs> it's a different beast.
0: Mm-hmm. And a lot of people haven't made that transition when they go over. Exactly. yeah. yeah so. But
2: these, these studios that like we mentioned uh, Digital Extremes, Lirian, um Obsidian, they knew what they're good at, they knew how to achieve it, and they knew what their team in-house could do. Yeah. So it's a different mm-hmm. beast when you're going from, as a studio, uh, AAA to indie, rather than as a person going from AAA to indie. Unless you're bringing your entire studio with you, it's a different thing. Yeah, you got to scale mm. accordingly. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So just another notable mentions from uh, going back to BAFTA. Um. We had the same titles that we've seen in many other countless awards. We had yeah. Super Mario Odyssey. Obviously, mm-hmm. we had, um, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. And of course we had Cuphead, which has been really taking things by storm. Which is
2: whenever you're whatever now.
0: Basically whenever <laughs> One thing I really like on here that has not been on other titles was A Night in the Woods because mm-hmm. that has gone it's such a great game. Have you guys tried it yet? No. No. I, I I had my thoughts about it when I first tried it out, but like sitting back on it, trying out it again, it's like it's it's got a a really thought out narrative for anyone has who's ever grown up in a small town mm-hmm. and had to go home and then retry to reconnect with what's going on with a totally different context and it was just it was told so thoughtfully and so carefully yeah. and not there's no gimmick to it there's a real good story to kind of follow along and uh, I'm glad to see this on at least at one awards list this year mm-hmm. which is fabulous so yeah bafta cool uh had Sick. movies too but we're not going to talk about the movies today nope. <laughs> okay <laughs> um uh, all right guys this is this this was my uh my favorite story of the week okay <laughs> I don't know why, but it really was. The King of Kong, guys. Billy Mitchell.
1: Or as Brendan <laughs> called Billy Mays. Billy Mays. <laughs> no. That's oh, wait, one. it does
0: more.
5: <laughs> Wrong Billy. I cheat more.
0: <laughs>
5: so oh. Buy my hot sauce. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> that happened, that happened. Oh, dear
2: God. Oh. He has a a range of hot sauces. Okay, so how about the real guy? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell has a thing of hot
3: sauces. Oh. He has a hot sauce? Yes! I thought Billy I want to
0: hear more about this than this story. <laughs> just, I yeah. haven't even gotten to what this story is. I want to hear about the hot sauce. He just,
2: he just, sells just says hot of, sauce. I think he's Billy uh, Billy's own
3: hot sauce. I believe. Wow. Wow.
0: He kind of looks. I'm looking at his picture. He kind of looks like the kind of guy who would sell hot sauce. He also
3: <laughs> looks like the kind of guy who cheated Donkey Kongs. So.
0: Yes. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, he finally got banned from competitive gaming. Although
2: I'm going to throw it out there, one but, thing, which makes me really sad. Hmm. Did Pixels the movie predict this? I don't
0: know. I never saw Pixels.
2: I have
1: taste in movies.
2: Yeah. I'm okay. what I'm just going to give you a backstory here. The character they made, like Billy Mays, was played by... Um, Billy. Billy Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Mitchell. Stop played. saying Billy Mays.
1: <laughs> I'm looking at the article about the hot sauce, and the are of the king of hot sauce. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but anyways. Whoa. Um, who's the Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones? What's his name?
1: Uh, the, 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 the
2: Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage played a character, like Billy Mitchell... But it was secretly revealed he
3: cheated at the game. Oh, wow. I
1: think Adam Sandler had the scoop before we all did. (laughs) Oh, yes. He knew. He
3: knew. Adam Sandler's just a great mind. (laughs) Just a great mind. One of the greatest of our time. Yeah, yeah.
2: He, and I love how he he's found a way to make movies without ever getting out of sweatpants. How was he found cheating? Netflix. Anyway, right. oh yeah. So, <laughs> how is he?
0: Let's talk about the story. So, okay, have you guys seen the 2007 documentary "A Fistful of Quarters"? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you know, uh, we, it was kind of profiling him, and it also talks about Steve uh, Weeb, I think sure. his name is, and who was supposedly the official record holder. Okay, and cl- had for years. Between this, the documentary, and afterwards, he'd been claiming that he actually had cheated, and Steve Weeb deserved to be the, the the uh, the, the uh, record the King of Kong essentially. Mm. So, um, after a investigation by Twin Galaxies, he was officially found that he achieved through uh, emulation and not actual arcade. Uh, Arcade oh, hardware—that's
2: dirty. So right?
0: it doesn't actually count.
2: So did, but how did people see this? Did he just say, "Look at my score," and took a screenshot of the screen? I mean, what happened? Yeah, I, I'm yes. pretty sure
3: someone watched Pixels too many times just and was like, "You know,
1: a lot of good photoshops." <laughs> yeah, Look at my score—it's well, beyond the screen.
0: If I am I remembering this correct cor- correctly, so at the end of the documentary, they do actually say that he did eventually break his own high record. It either came came out during the time of the documentary or just afterwards. Mm-hmm. He broke his own high record in the documentary. Yeah, and that had beaten Steve Wiebe's high record so um, Hmm. they investigated how he did it apparently he did it through emulation and didn't actually do it through an arcade character so was his
3: original score then legitimate and then him trying to beat Steve Wiebe was the uh, sort of the the cheating then
0: um Th- that was the thing; they mm. never really kind of came to that conclusion. Yeah. So I think that's why he went back and tried to repeat his score. Mm. But it doesn't even matter no. because <laughs> now Robbie Lakeman, ha- with this much higher score, a score of one million one hundred forty-one thousand eight hundred, achieved that record-breaking score that beat both Steve and Mi- uh, Mitchell. Um right out of the water. It's like so if, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. This story is moot.
3: It's like if you're going to cheat, awesome. he didn't cheat enough. He cheated and then he lost in 2014. So right? It's like,
2: like <laughs> if you're going to cheat, seriously, go go you so shot. hard. Yeah, go go so hard. But it doesn't do sound it. like he was like, intentionally trying to cheat. No. It sounds like he just was using a different control input method and in a different game system because emulation does mm-hmm. run slightly different. They do have slightly different speeds. Yeah. So it's not... I think it's more That's the fact that he wasn't playing in the same playing field, which is not fair... But it doesn't like the fact that he hacked the game, so he always got like a million score, no matter what he did. Regardless,
0: sure.
2: uh, they've nope, gotten higher. They're know.
0: still still wrong, but regardless of that, they both gotten higher scores than I've ever gotten in Donkey Kong. So yeah. good on them for becoming competitive Donkey Kong players. I only play 64. And that was the birth <laughs> of e- guys, this was the birth of esports. <laughs> yep. Um. Okay, more gossip from the industry. So last week was Mark Zuckerberg's first Week of hearings. That boy That's kind of thing. That That's was, a thing. Oh,
3: uh, that was just weird.
0: Oh was... man. Yeah. So, go. He. Anyway. So, um, going into the hearing, uh, basically to deal with the fallout from the Cambridge Analytica, um, data that was leaked. Fiasco. And it's, pardon. Mm. Fiasco. Yeah. Basically, data, data that they were giving away to sell direct targeted marketing towards mm. yeah. Trump supporters. Mm-hmm. Uh, allegedly.
4: No, no, that uh, no, that's official. Yeah, that's that, that official.
0: Happened, yeah. It's ele- well, anyway. So Mark Zuckerberg had to go uh, f- face um, the court to find out what part he played in it. So I'm pretty sure he was expecting to go in there and just expect low ball questioning and be done with it. And it turned into days worth of questioning. Of
1: him just getting
3: roasted and like <laughs> but, a, a, a ton of memes. But like here's
2: the thing: yes, but I still think they went too lightly on him because they mm. didn't understand mm. enough to actually because no. he was giving you he was giving them blatantly false information and they're like uh mm. yeah like you could be like no what he's saying makes no
1: sense all oh, well, while he was sitting in that booster seat <laughs> <laughs> you see a lot of the ones like data so are they Yeah <laughs> no. yes um anyway so um anyway um
0: a a lot of the there was a lot of apologies coming out of zuckerberg when he kind of realized how much of a corner he was kind of boxed into here uh a lot of interest in why this why uh if there was going to be an opportunity for a paid version of facebook so that people could either opt out of this kind of uh, targeted marketing um a lot of like a lot of discussion about how much data
2: facebook does sell to third-party Party. I'm, I'm going to throw it out there one thing. There's all this talk about Zuckerberg saying, and we thought of that idea, and people would not, if people, uh, we didn't get the information from people, it wouldn't be free. And the, then they said, well, do you have an art for paid version, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then he it, kept bringing up the fact that, no, we will never have a paid version. No, no, what we, they said
2: was they will never have, a, a, they were always a free option. He didn't actually say they wouldn't have a paid version. That's mm. true. That's true. And thing is, he well knows people stay on Facebook for one thing their friends are there. As soon as their friends leave it, they leave it. It's true. They'll go anywhere. There's no brand loyalty to any of these social need networks. As soon as there's no one on the platform, they leave.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm.
2: It's just the fact that Facebook's now gotten so ubiquitous. People use it for everything. It's their calendar. Yeah, it's the go-to one. Yeah. It's the one that you use like, hey, I want to talk to my friend Joe from down the street. He's probably on Facebook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the problem is... If Joe from Down the Street leaves Facebook and your family leaves Facebook and everything else leaves Facebook... You're not going to be on Facebook. You're not going to be on Facebook. And Facebook knows this. That's why they have so many different things. They have WhatsApp. They have Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And they're trying to find ways to lock you into a platform They can kind of steal your data. Not steal your data, but utilize your data. Mm. Yep. So, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. So... Although I do see... If Facebook starts making a paid version, that's the death knell for Facebook. Oh,
3: for sure. Yeah. yeah. The, someone else come up with a better you could free already, one.
2: There's already things called, I don't know, ad blockers. If you just <laughs> really don't want anyone stealing from Facebook, you just put these blockers in place and it just yeah. stops you
1: from doing it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They're just very secretive of how you can tailor your
0: own <laughs> information, which <laughs> is kind of gross, but unfortunately, you know what? This is the unfortunate side effect of becoming a ubiquitous program and everyone kind of letting all that slide because it is a free option. <laughs> so...
2: I mean, Twitter's the same way.
0: Yeah, Twitter and and the, they have
2: demographics on everyone that's on the platform, and hell, every website out there has demographics on their platform. They know mm-hmm. who you are. They know, like we knew. I mean, we don't have ge- we don't know your name is whatever, but we do know a general demographic of the people that look at CGMags, and we have general demographic of the people that read CGMags. We knew everything about Alex before he applied. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he walks in like, yeah, we knew what you would look like. He's <laughs> <laughs> inch it, it, taller, but the data might be out of date. I wear heels but that's sometimes. It. <laughs> But that's the
0: thing about anything on a Google platform, too, yeah. because it's, it's not really yeah. us that has the information. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's
2: Google, right? But it, so. And they give us access. But that's the same basic thing for Facebook. If we want to advertise on the Facebook platform, we could say we want to target uh, white males in the realm of Toronto under the age of 35 mm-hmm. that like only like Dragon Ball but do not like Inuyasha. And we could probably like <laughs> that.
3: Understandable.
0: It's scary that we do. It's scary that we can. But anyway, so it'll be really interesting to see how this all turns out. Um, It's going to be very interesting for the platform itself and future platforms. Um, Okay, next up. uh, We have... uh, So, there was some scandal in the Overwatch League. Gross scandal. Very gross scandal. There's been some gross scandal. We talked about one last week. um, But this one's even grosser. So, we have Overwatch League... Pro uh, Jordan Sanchez accused of sexual misconduct con- with underage fans. Alex, this is a story you kind of brought to the table. So yeah. I'm going to get you to talk about it a little bit more. So
3: uh, first of all, before this news broke, it broke on a Sunday night, but it was Friday and I was watching the Overwatch League and I was watching the, you know Jonathan Sanchez yeah. and his team, the Boston Uprising, and he was playing so well. And I was like, man, he's doing so well. The, the, this team's finally going to topple the Korean Giants over there and I'm going to buy his jersey. I'm going to do it. I'm glad I waited because yeah. on Sunday night... Would you
2: have bought actually his jersey so you just say said just... Jeez. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeez. That would have been awkward. That would have been really awkward. Like, really well,
2: really guess, awkward. just get a mail. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. And, <laughs> I can't wear and it. And it takes, like, four
3: weeks to get there so you'd know the whole time <laughs> that it's yeah, like, that it's, oh, going. it's coming.
2: Oh, I don't want that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but, yeah, so, just to put into context, this is not some, you know, random guy who's, like, a third-tier player. This is, like, a star player in the Overwatch League who's been accused of basically inappropriate sexual behavior with a 14-year-old fan, which... It's it's gross. It's so gross. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... And it's uh, it's also come forward that the same thing happened the sixteen year old fans. So mm-hmm. this is not a, a one time. So he's thing. just
2: kind of been just going around just people under the age of twenty. Like
3: yeah. who can I touch? And and yeah. so it's, has
2: there been more coming out since the story broke?
3: One more has come forward. So there okay. hasn't been like a slew of like thirty people, but there has been the w- first one that came and then the second one. So sixteen year old and fourteen. Sixteen year old and fourteen year old. And so basically, did he
2: ask for um, illicit pictures from both? He asked yeah. for illicit
3: pictures from both, and he knew both their ages. And there's screenshots to show that. There's oh. no obviously no screenshots of the illicit images because that would be that would that'd be their, yeah Straight up, yeah. Yes. But it, it was it was a matter of uh, that they followed him on Twitter. He messaged them in direct messages, built up a friendship, and then asked for the pictures. He actually even the second girl. He bought her a plane ticket to come see him. She's 16 years old, and he paid for it. And uh, sh- she didn't end up coming. And he was angry. You know, he was angry. He's like, "Oh, you owe me." And then that's when the pics were sort of uh, exchanged, yeah. allegedly. Oh. Yeah.
0: Oh, I mean he's he's a grown an adult. I yeah. mean he's a young adult, let's be real here, but he's a grown adult enough to know that this is disgusting and imp- inappropriate For behavior. For sure.
3: And it's 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 totally using his his, his status. It, yeah. it, it's using his status to like 100% do that. And so Boston so this news broke on Sunday and on Monday Boston dropped him. Like yeah. 100% cut him. And he's their star player, he's their like DPS main, which yeah. in Overwatch is a big thing. And they just dropped him right up and then um Actually, this week they went two and zero. They put in a random guy and they beat the best team in the league. So on that front, it was like a perfect vindication. I'm, i I'm, I'm sure the players they were going through some stuff too with that.
2: I mean, yeah. I, I think if the players. Knew the situation. I'm sure they were like, "Okay, we, we might suffer for this, but this is probably the right thing." For to sure, do. for yeah. sure.
3: And it, like the guy they brought in, they're like, "So, how did you get ready for the big game against New York? Who's the best team?" He's like, "We we did it. I mean, we, <laughs> we had we had two days. We just kind of went in. I I'm kind of shocked that we won." <laughs> so um, there's a happy ending on the Boston Uprising side, and I
2: mean, it, it's also good to say that um, they weren't like. There's a lot of sports that will actually mm-hmm. let things slide and let yeah. bad actions bad players in the league like football has issues baseball has issues like mm-hmm. this it's good to see overwatch live, living up to a higher standard and actually get paying off for them by yeah. them not being suddenly the worst pl- the worst team of the league by doing yeah. this
0: now see i agree with you and i only agree with you because this is not a one off that they've been doing this mm-hmm. like the fact that okay this is something that right away would be a horrible PR scandal for basically any kind of mm-hmm. sports team and of course they would yeah. let go of something like that but if they let other things slide then that right. would say something about the team mm-hmm. but the league hasn't um, yeah. in previous weeks there was the scandal with I can't remember his name XQC, XQC. so with his uh, racist and slanderous mm. uh, exactly. t- talk off off um, actual league yeah, play, yeah. and the fact that they've banned him from the league the first time, and then completely banned him from the championship after the second time. Are they even banned well, um, completely so from he the league? He basi-
3: well, it was it was basically the team let him go, and he hasn't been yeah. resigned. It, okay. it it wasn't a matter of the league being like, We're banning you, but they did suspend him twice. Yeah. And then the team was like, Hey, you're getting suspended all the time. We can't keep you. Yeah. We we can't have a main tank who's not in the game, right? Like yeah. Yeah. it makes sense. But yeah, I mean the Overwatch League's been good at suspensions. They've they've man, there's been a lot of cheating in the Overwatch League and a lot mm-hmm. of weird behavior, like rank boosting, been like betting rings. It's 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 exciting, I guess. But it's uh <laughs> yeah, the the Overwatch League's response has been good. And um just ending it off, uh on the jersey front, if you bought yourself a Dream Casper jersey. Uh, good news! Into the A.M. The website that makes them says you can send it back and swap swap it for any uh, jersey you want. So. Cool. Yeah. Oh,
2: that's so. So if you bought, you, so if, if, yeah. if station, I you did would, end up buying it, they'd be, be like, like what can do "Can I actually not want? have this? Can I get something that's yeah. less
1: gross yeah,
3: <laughs> for sure?" And also, you know, I bought an XQC jersey, so you know, two in a row would be. You know, <laughs> oh god! I, I just shouldn't support players because no, they no, turn it's, it's, out to. That's that's the moral.
0: Yeah, that's the yeah. We'll just have to stay stay tuned to the uh, the six pack for like more of this <laughs> drama, so we know whose players not to support. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whoever I love,
3: he so. liked this guy. He's going oh, to oh, do something gross. Oh, he What's the, the next yeah. scandal right. going on? <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> never a dull
1: moment in Overwatch. Yeah. yeah. In any esports. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, messy.
0: It's really messy. It's mm-hmm. really messy. And I think it's something we may have touched on last week, but uh, I know me and Alex have had a, a, a few conversations in the office about the fact that um, when these people who are not really media trained yeah. are, are suddenly thrust in the forelight, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot that the team needs the, the league itself needs to do okay they're uh, they're great in like dealing with the aftermath yep. but what they now now have to realize that there's got to be a lot of preventative measures that they've yeah. got to put in place for there's sure. got to be more media training for these kids they've got to actually like realize what the magnitude of representing the league means mm-hmm. and I don't think they understand that for sure well, I mean to
2: be fair esports as this level yeah have really never been a thing outside of Korea or mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. Asian countries yeah. I mean We've had esports in the North America and Europe for a long time, but it's always been this niche that you kind of like. Oh, yeah, you like esports? Okay, you're weird. <laughs> okay, you like you like. There's a few names like um, Fatality and those guys that you, they they kind of rose above. But most people, unless you're big into gaming, you do not know Overwatch. Whereas now, or gaming, or esports, <laughs> esports. Yeah. But now Overwatch has kind of made it so it's cool to like esports again.
1: Yeah, but with esports, it, it's it's a young platform yeah like Mm -hmm. with any of these titles it's something young and and something that everyone is currently just experimenting with Mm -hmm. is it sustainable can we make a business out of it Mm -hmm. Uh, compared to the long lineage of sports Mm -hmm. of having like all this framework and and this uh uh (laughs) <laughs> infrastructure, <laughs> infrastructure, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good brain fart call, but <laughs> but yeah. So they so they always have that that yeah. legacy of mm. stuff to draw from, whereas they're building it up from the ground up with mm. esports. Yeah,
3: and I, I think what Overwatch does really well is that it has. Uh, actual teams that represent cities, so it gives yes. you that sort of connection. Although
2: no one, most of the teams don't have people from those cities. Yeah, well, it's it, it's it,
3: well. The thing is, this season it's all in LA, but uh, in season two and three, they're actually going to try to do home games, which I think is going to be kind of crazy with yeah. travel and you know yeah. you're going from Korea to let's say New York for a messy. game. That's
2: going to be messy. I, I don't know how that's going to yeah. work.
3: Yeah, but I mean, so far they've they've done a good job of building it. So I mean, if well, they have a I good mean,
2: plan, I, I want to see more teams. I kind of want a. Toronto. something. Oh, I'm wait.
3: I'm waiting for that. The Toronto <laughs> T-
2: Towers. <laughs> oh, I will buy season
3: tickets for for the Toronto Towers. I mean,
2: yep. Don't don't pick that name. If they pick that name, I really want that name.
0: <laughs> do, guys, do you remember? Okay, you guys are way too young for this. But Brendan, you might remember this. Right, do so you remember hard. when well. the Toronto Raptors formed?
2: Yeah, and they had this like. And they had the
0: contest. And and that because because Jurassic Park was so big that time, that's why 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 Raptors won. Oh, man. Toronto
3: Honest Dads. That's That's why we're called the Toronto Raptors. (laughs) Thank you, Steven Spielberg, (laughs)
1: for (laughs) (laughs) the playoffs. (laughs) They're all in suits at all times. Oh, my God. I'm still cheering for Honest Dads. (laughs) 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 Rip, rip. Oh man, we're all stupid.
0: Can oh. they can they just buy up the sign? I mean, it's in pieces now, but it'd be really great if they yeah, had buy like up the sign like, bring like, it and, and with just them bring entourage. it wherever they go. <laughs> <laughs> just on a crane following them would be oh, great. Geez. Uh, okay, one last little tiny piece of news. Um, actually, not that tiny, but. Um, We'll Shenmue, <laughs> Shenmue 1 and 2 are going to be uh, launching for console in 2018. Yeah. Yay, it's, so that's kind of exciting. It's a
3: surprise. It's going to be on Nintendo gonna, Switch. Throw, and with gonna the
0: gonna physical copy take, as well.
2: I'm, I'm going to throw hot takes here. Mm. They are good
1: games. <gasps> oh, my. They were good games for their time, <gasps> they damn they it. Even
2: kind of not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They See? were kind of like, hey, this, this it introduces this great mystery, this great story you're, you're going to try and like, oh, my God, my father was killed by this guy. How can I avenge him? Can you find my
1: cat?
2: Yeah, that worked for Yakuza. You would not accuse Yakuza
0: of the same problem. You can have a cat run your bar. Uh, you can win is, a karaoke Yakuza
1: par- leans into it, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's. This is self serious. So Yakuza, Yakuza knows its stupidity, mm. Mm.
3: which is why it's a great game. Check exactly. it out. Exactly, oh, man. Where it embraces the stupidity.
2: And the cat, well, it is the spiritual successor to Shenmue, but Shenmue was self serious. It believed working at a forklift for 12 hours of the game was a great idea. <laughs>
0: okay, back in the day. That's the thing that happened, all right? Forklifts is, were big. Back in my day <laughs> playing these games, the, no
1: hype, season,
2: was no,
3: the, the hype, hype was all No, no. How many kids wanted to be back a forklift operators? No one, one thought
2: that? the forklift game was the best thing in the game. <laughs> they said, "Well, I kind of wanted to get to the next city." And get enough money to do it, so I had to work the forklift.
0: They cannot all be souls borns, Brendan. You know, it, it, it kids <laughs> or about di- life. Like Diablo y- you have
3: goals, but you got to work the forklift sometimes. Yes, yeah,
0: some, you know? it's it's a realistic depiction of life.
2: And find cats, and then have people that look with their dead eyes into your soul. <laughs> I would just take payday loans. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Well,
0: regardless of what you think, Mr. Fry, and 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 I know this is not going to hold you over until the next Diablo, until Diablo Four. All right, That's but never if out. Uh, phys- it never comes out, right? Yeah, it'll come out <laughs> one day. Some shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, you can pre-order a physical edition if you want, or you can get the digital copy, I'm okay. and we'll get it in the end of 2018. And I I'm think with that, okay. guys, <laughs> I think with that, we'll take a break. All right, we'll hear from our sponsors, and when we come back. We're gonna hear some Far Cry, some God of War. I'm gonna talk to you guys about Pax East, and Alex is gonna talk comics with us, and it's gonna be awesome. Yay! Woo. Thanks again to our sponsors. All right. We're going to start with Alex. You've got to talk about some Marvel Comics news for us, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so talk to uh, us about
3: that. Uh, Captain America number 700 came out, which is, you what know. What
1: a monumental issue.
3: You know, 700 issues. That's a long time. I mean, yeah. th- they did some weird math where it obviously hasn't run for 700 issues because they relaunch every Tuesday. But, <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, it was a weird issue. And, um, you know, I'm going to start off by sort of recapping the last, you know, 10 issues really quickly. It's not so, the last 700. Yeah, yeah, last 700. So, you know. Start from the beginning. Go. Captain America wasn't fighting Nazis. Okay, no, but actually. So Captain America was a Nazi last year. And then he punched the Nazi out of himself. And then he, he went. He punched the Nazi? <laughs> punched, out of- that, that, <laughs> that was secret. That is empire. how the event ends. He, he fought himself. And then, you know, he punched it at himself. Got it. He's no longer a Nazi. Was there a
2: clone or just punched his own face?
3: Well, there was another. Captain America, who yeah. was a Nazi, okay. who was also kind of him. Well, he was like not. a Hydra agent. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. But then, so then, of course, he went on a loner bike trip across America, as you do. When after you punched Nazis. After you were a Nazi and then you're like, hey, everybody, what's up? They don't want to talk well, to you. He
0: needed to find himself.
3: Yeah, and then he got frozen in time. So, you know, Captain America got frozen originally and then yeah, sort, yeah, sort of, of woke up in modern did it again? Day, that sort of As thing. It,
2: and his, on his, you know, week-long road trip, he yeah. just randomly yeah, gets Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So, you know, he did this road trip, had some adventures, got frozen, and then okay. he wakes up in this nuclear, uh, but, you know, this this uh, apocalyptic world. Yeah, As you do. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. He, f- he fails to stop a nuclear bomb and, Again, you know, basically you everything goes. But then he goes, uses time travel to go back in time. Okay. But this time, he sacrificed himself to stop the nuclear bomb, killing him, but saving the loner bike trip version of him that existed ah. before. So going back to exactly how it was before. So they just retconned everything they just did. They just, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad I didn't have to buy those issues. No, but, no, and, no
1: one need those issues. Those.
3: For those that did, I'm really sorry, because it's just completely undone And like, ah, oh, he saved himself, but his old self is alive, so...
1: Yeah, I Yay. saw so many people at my local comic shop buying the variant covers and I'm like, did you did you read like the p- the past couple issues and it's like, yeah, it's it's just maybe maybe they'll be worth something. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, I I mean if you buy 6.99 you probably should buy 700, right? Yeah, yeah. that's I'm, you're already there. Just completionist. Just yeah, reading. exactly. That nice round number there.
0: So, but, uh, what does that mean for the series now? Where is it going?
3: Uh, it'll go to 701 and he'll be <laughs> doing stuff, but I don't know. Marvel, I'm not I'm not thrilled with them right now. I, no, I know am
1: I like they're they're doing a reboot which looks like like when is it scheduled June around then but it's not even a reboot like
3: they're they're not even calling it a reboot
1: <laughs> yeah actually... it's more like they're just changing around every creative team and and hopefully like with uh their new editor in chief cb sibalski mm-hmm. they're they're trying to get a a more concrete vision and try and rein in the writers a bit more cuz they're they're pushing their agendas in their books right now mm-hmm. and for that's sure. really harming marvel sales like dc is killing them for the most part mm-hmm. in sales yeah now.
3: DC is doing a lot of a lot of cool stuff right now. Yeah,
1: Doomsday Clock, Dark yeah. Nights: Metal just ended,
3: and 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 they're doing a lot of these sort of like uh, Mr. Miracle type series where they're like twelve issue miniseries that let creators just run loose on these characters. Yeah,
1: is- I really enjoyed the 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 new uh, series on Ragman actually.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, with uh, Ray Fox I think. Yeah, yeah, doing good stuff. Nate. But. Back to Marvel, they're just it's relaunch after relaunch, and I mean, yeah. you know, with a new leadership mem- person in there, it. I understand the need to be like, okay, I don't want this to be like the other one. Let's start again. But Let's he relaunch. did. Yeah,
0: he did like come out and say he was ready to like bring a brand new Marvel to the whole thing. Yeah, so yeah. He, he wanted to retcon stuff, right from the yeah,
3: beginning. That's true. I mean, he also had his own scandal, but you uh-huh. know, it yeah. was, it's, it's well, that was a weird yeah. scandal. Yeah, that was a weird. Oh,
0: scandal. what What's
3: this scandal? He's in I fact not this- a Japanese man.
1: He, yeah. he, he did... wrote, like, Marvel manga series. Was it one or two of them? I think it was um, two of them, yeah. Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. I'm sure there's part. a Wolverine one, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, but he he did under a Japanese pen name.
2: Which is kind of weird,
1: yeah. Yeah. Because he really wanted to write these stories, but no one would give him the... Because he's a <laughs> white dude. Yeah, yeah. no one would... Yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, that's a thing. I mean, to be fair, I mean, out of Scandals going... That's the most white privilege of (laughs) scandals. Like, I wanted to do a Japanese story, but I'm white, so I did it anyway.
1: But but the comic creators will just harp on him for it. It's like, I think he has a good vision. Mm -hmm. It's just that people are apprehensive for change. And Mm.
3: I mean, at at this point, another relaunch, I'm rolling my eyes already. I mean, it it, it, it could be very good, but seriously, in the last three years, they've done it at least four times, which is.
2: Well, the problem is, I don't think Marvel as an entity cares about its comics division other than a mining ground for characters they can put in their movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, until they realize how much money they're losing off yeah. them. The, like, I fully expect that within the next two years, Marvel Comics will be outsourced to either IDW or some other oh, yeah. publisher.
2: They're just kind of, they'll just d- say, yeah, you can use our characters, do
3: what
1: you want.
2: Yeah. We don't
3: want to put any effort into these And I mean, things. all of the creators, they're 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 basically jumping ship to either DC or Image right now. So
2: it's Yeah, like,
1: exactly. Creating their own individual it's, properties. It's weird
2: because DC has always been the kind of the sub-tier... Of where Marvel Marvel comics were, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have always liked DC comics more. I found them a little bit more human.
1: But Marvel's the lifeblood of the industry, exactly. Yeah, and they have. Been. So to
2: see, to see Marvel kind of just give up trying, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It, it, it's clearly kind of like, yeah, we don't. This division doesn't really do anything for us. But yeah. just keep making characters. So we can kind of use them in our movies. Yeah, a- yeah. They're,
0: they're, and the the fact that they're. I, I I mean I, I get it. Their movies are so successful, yeah. so, and yep. that makes more sense to put more money towards that. Oh yeah, but no, yeah. I don't blame. What's them gonna happen? But like
3: <laughs> the reason there are movies is because of the comics, right? Exactly. And because there were good comic stories that people read, that people mm. believe, that, that, that people fall fell in love with, you know, when they were growing up and everything. And I don't know if they're doing that. I don't know. If they, I, I honestly don't think they're doing enough to get younger readers in. I think that they're yeah. pandering to an audience that's you know forty and fifty, and that's not good for them. Yeah. Going forward.
2: No, it, it's it's an odd choice, and I'm. Hoping they do different things with the comics, but I'm also the, I, nothing. Marvel has interested me in like ten years. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. like I. The, the only the Marvel... 90s were when the Marvel comics were kind of at their peak. Yeah, the and only
1: Marvel book I keep up with anymore is Venom. Like is Venom is Venom now a good guy
2: again a bad guy? Yeah, Wait, it's, he's still it's like Eddie the, Brock, right? Yeah, it's
1: yep. Eddie, Eddie's back, and he's basically like the anti-hero stuff that he had in the in the 90s okay. when he had that run. So it, it's still a lot of fun, but. Uh, Overall, I, I, I just don't enjoy Marvel. All I've been buying is DC and Image for the That's past fair. couple yeah. months. That's where the, a lot of the good stuff is, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they have yeah. some really good creators. In Image them. is what, killing it. We need new classics, though. We, yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love
2: Batman, but I can only, I can only be so <laughs> many <simply> Batman <laughs> <laughs> stories. <laughs> but uh, Doomsday Clock is neat. I have to say, yes. they're doing really interesting things. Doomsday Clock is really fun. This is the weeds right now. Yeah. <laughs> <But
3: it's, laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, Marvel. You suck. Right now, but...
0: Except for your movies, because they're pretty good. Yeah,
3: yeah, I'm excited for Infinity
5: War. Yeah, that, that'll that's mm, sure. yeah, coming up. It's been a I while. I've been
1: checking that. I don't know. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, I have checked back to the site to see our review. I know, right? Shaq, do you have a need for comics and graphic novels? I do have a fixin'. I have well, a fixin'. what you need to do is go to comicbento.com and use the promo code CGMag in all caps, and you can get five dollars off a Comic Bento subscription. It goes right to your door. Yes, five bu- do five bucks. Five bucks. Five hey guys, bucks. can I get in on this action? Oh, yes, yeah. you can. Whoa! You know what you have to do. Go what to comicbento.com and use the promo code CGMAG in all caps and get $5 off your Comic Bento subscription. Five whole dollars? Five whole dollars. Whoa! No. Comic Bento! Get it now! The Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store.
0: All right, and Cole, you played a game. What did uh, you play?
5: Well, it's a couple weeks old, but I played
1: that Far Cry 5.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I, I've been waiting a few weeks to hear your face-to-face input. Okay, this is a lie. I've I talked to you in the office about this, but I can't wait for you to but talk about I, it here. I do have
2: one thing I want to talk about because there's been a lot of um, controversy that the game they advertise is not the game that they delivered. Do you think that's true because
1: I haven't played. It I didn't look all that much into the marketing material. Well they just like they, yeah. they
2: researched cults and the cults really determined what this was like and you were really trying to like fight against the evils of culthood and
1: Yeah, like even with like the Halo Five situation with Guardians where mm-hmm. they market a completely different game. It's it's what you end up receiving at the end that you actually it's have just another to re- Far Cry game. that you have to yeah. review, right? And it's Far Cry, I would say gameplay-wise, is the best Far Cry has mm. ever been. Okay, but story-wise, it is just another Far Cry. Really, like they they take a different tone with the villains, with with uh, Joseph Seed and all of his mm. gang. But um, they're they're not like phenomenal villains. They're just memorable, right? And I think the biggest weakness with them would be that the the ending is the is the thing that everyone has been touching on lately where where it feels like a complete destruction of everything that you like work towards but i just far cry I, endings are never good They're exactly never good. i expected that from a far cry and it didn't end up disappointing me because i expected it mm-hmm. i understand that there is a lot of disappointment about that Um, But it it didn't really affect my overall experience because they really set you up in terms of the mechanics, in terms of the tools that they give you as this like maestro of an an upcoming apocalypse Mm. where you can do anything in this world and and really like just just be this destructive force instead of in previous Far Cries where you where you merely felt like part of it, Mm it. It's now like you're in complete control. You're the one orchestrating everything and how it goes down. And of course, there's also cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Yep. <laughs> diabetic bear. Yeah. he he he's such a good thing to use. Now wh- a good fang for hire.
0: What was the panther or, or the the oh peaches. peaches peaches? I've heard peaches is
1: peaches is, is useless better. to me.
0: Oh really? Oh, because you don't play really stealthy. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I I like go boom. So there's,
0: like,
1: <laughs> so there's a dog or is it a wolf? Uh, it's a dog. It's okay. boomer. Yeah. So there's a dog,
2: a bear, and a bobcat and a cougar cougar. okay
1: (laughs) and then uh you got your other ones like uh nick rye he is he's all about the planes uh there's another one for helicopters uh grace is probably my favorite one she she's a she's a u.s sniper and she she is so valuable for for not only like i use boomer and her together Mm -hmm. boomer goes in all stealthily checks out all the outposts and pings every one of the uh, enemies in that outpost yep. and then grace just picks them off <laughs> so, the
2: quiet of far cry then
1: yeah. but uh... yeah far cry a lot of fun i stand by my decision of a nine i understand like uh... polygon expected something totally different with it with uh... Well, a, a lot of people area? i think
2: waypoint did as well where they yeah. just felt the game was not the thing they were promised but then again i feel like if they like, i mean i i, I understand you, you go in expecting the companies to be completely honest with what you're experiencing, but yeah. maybe it's just the fact that I'm really cynical. Mm-hmm. So i just kind of thinking, oh, it's just going to be another Far Cry game. These are really good <laughs> things. Yeah. In the, you're never going to experience them in the actual experience because yeah. Far Cry games are about chaos and fun. And yeah. that's, that's fine. That, they're good at that.
1: I never expected yeah. it to have like a... Like a strong stance yeah. on any political issue because that's just not that's it's not no. in the AAA space. No, yeah, it's there's, not. there's no. It's too risky. You're yeah. literally isolating audiences.
2: I mean, it was marketed that way because it hit an audience in a way that made people say, "Oh." one side was saying, Wow, they're representing us. I'm happy that we're gonna have yes. white rednecks in games finally because mm-hmm. that's not in games. <laughs> and then you had the other people that people that were anti Trump saying, Wow, finally a game that shows how horrible Trump culture is. And like even then it didn't really feel that in the trailers. It just no. felt like cult like religious zealotry and
0: And we've had a ch- we had a chance to talk to the yeah. developers on that and they didn't have a particularly strong stance either way. No. They they were more about like the fact that it there, it's it's a, a different change, uh, and there there's always going to be like an evil within every sort of yeah. like group wherever you're going kind of thing, and and yeah. they di- like it. I may sound very ambiguous talking about it, but this is basically what they were sounding like. When well, I they mean, were, mean, when Far Cry games since the it. second
2: game have always kind of been heart of darkness type stories where you're trying to find yeah. the one person and you kind of lose yourself to the darkness as you do. So, I mean, I am not really surprised this game did not deliver on all the things that were promised. But then again, that promise was kind of made by critics themselves. They yeah. were kind of saying, wow, look at how this, this looks mature. It must be the first mature Far Cry game. They never really said, this is the first mature Far Cry game. <laughs> they just kind of assumed that was the case.
1: Yeah, that people would take it that way. I mean, well, they,
2: Okay,
0: hold marketing... on a second. Hold on a second. I want to go around to that. It's, okay, so it's it's a promise that was made by critics themselves, but think of it this way. Um, it wasn't forgivable for Sea of Thieves in our eyes. It wasn't no, forgivable I... for No Man's Sky in our eyes. But Why? here's the thing.
2: Those games felt less than games. They didn't feel complete experiences. Far Cry feels like a complete, complete experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just didn't deliver the political drama that a lot of people thought it would touch on.
0: Yeah, but even then, but it never, but Far Cry never has. No, and they've, that's they've the gone, point. Yeah, exactly. They've gone really deep in like so many other political dramas that they could have gone into, and yeah. Yeah. it's it, exactly as you guys are saying. It's it's just it's dangerous for a AAA to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, my my counter argument is: Are the people like are we becoming less forgiving of that now?
2: As, no, as just, I don't think we are. We're just more. As critics, you kind of grow to experience the fact that what you're seeing in trailers is probably not going to be the final product. Yeah. Like, even when
1: we see things at E3, we know that's not the final product we're yeah. getting. I mean, I mean, we could do an entire episode of Coffee
2: and Cartridge just marketing versus reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. That's a good topic. Yeah. Uh, Although to, Waypoint already did it. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, you have to look at any kind of... Tra- the marketing team behind Far Cry and the development team behind Far Cry are different groups. Yeah. They basically get, get in a bit of key art, a bit of screenshots, a bit of trailers, and they say, okay, let's market this thing. They don't know how the game is going to play out. They don't really know the ending. They just have a brief and a bit of trailer work they can do, and they kind of try to build a marketing campaign around that. Yeah. And if they say, hey, anti-Trump sentiment's really good right now. Maybe if we play into that, it'll really sell. The the development team might be like, we didn't do that. Okay, (laughs) that's not vision. So it's a dissidence between what you're seeing and what you're sold to what the reality is. But the problem with Sea of Thieves and No Man's Sky is Sean Murray, the developer of the game, was saying, here's the amount of things the game will have. This is the actual experience
1: you're going to get. Straight from the horse's mouth. This is everything I promise we'll deliver. Mm -hmm.
2: Sea of Thieves, on the other hand, was saying, what you're seeing is 10% of what the full game is like. And you're like, no, that's not that's, true at all.
1: Yeah, like the moment that when you see the trailers of Sea of Thieves, like, yeah, that's Sea of Thieves. I don't, I don't expect anything else. Yeah. But
2: it's not the tone is different than the final product. It's the fact that there's nothing beyond the thing they've shown. Yeah. And gamers or players always assume you're showing us like a vertical slice. You mm-hmm. never expect Deus Ex to be that one level. They showed in the trailer, oh, yeah. and like, that's the, all that it is.
1: Like, there's a reason why they don't set it strictly in Montana. Mm. It's a fictional town yeah. within Montana. Yeah. It's the comical version of of blue neck of of what am I trying to say? I'm I'm so brain farting. Today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a comical totally version of like, like redneck America.
2: Yeah, it's comical version of like um you know the Appalachians. America. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not even was, it,
0: wasn't it supposed to be though?
2: No, it's not. Montana's a little ways from the Appalachians. Yeah, I know, but it was, are, it was
0: supposed to be like that. Like Well,
2: Maybe it's community. the Appalachians. It's not the Ozarks. It
1: might be the Appalachian though. I think it features some of them. Okay, yeah.
2: Either way, it, it's, I don't blame Cole. Like, if you view it as it's still a good experience despite yeah. not having a political voice that actually stands out, that's mm. fine. If you were going to the experience expecting a strong political stance and it didn't deliver, I also think that's fine. If yeah. you were sold a product and it didn't live up to that expectation, be it gameplay-wise, you went into Far Cry expecting gameplay, you, it delivered that. Mm-hmm. But if you went into Far Cry expecting a political stance and that's what you were sold on, and it didn't deliver that, I also don't blame critics for that. I understand. So, I mean, both sides are valid. It depends how you're reviewing a game. And as a reviewer, as a critic, you kind of... Depends on how you look at a product. If you look at it as a storytelling medium and a way to tell a specific story and a way to tell a specific concept, Far Cry probably will never deliver that.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I mean, Vast was cool, but there was no dark message at the end of Far Cry 3. It was just...
1: Nonsense. It's just drugs and Set. drugs and blood.
2: Yeah. So when you look at that, you love Vass as a character, but you don't go into Far Cry Three expecting deep stories. No. And even looking at the fact that Far Cry Five's um, DLC is all nonsense, oh, yeah. I kind of was assuming this game's probably going to be nonsense at the at the core of it.
1: Yeah, it's just a comical version yeah. of America. Exactly. It's it's
2: satire. It's satire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you don't expect deep political st- standing from
1: satire. But that's why. I, I think with critics, I think readers have to really start. I don't know, not not looking at the outlets themselves, but actually looking at the writers, yep. just for just for so that they can actually connect to a writer and that they can have the exact. Like the, the same views or same opinions that they share, mm-hmm. they can see in that in that writer.
2: And exactly, I mean, Polygon has a lot of writers that are very political minded, and there's yes. nothing wrong with that. And that's actually a really good stance. If you, but if you go and you go to Polygon and say, "I want you to only talk about gameplay," you're probably looking at the wrong outlet.
1: Yeah.
2: Same goes for us. If you go into expe- expecting us to judge, oh, how dare that game not have a great, uh, not have a great um, visuals? We probably will mark visuals less than story or gameplay. Yeah. And I think most of our critics would say that. Like, we will look past... Well, I know for a
0: fact most of our critics will say that because <laughs> like we actually came together with a lot of the people that do write to and, us. And us. So <laughs> graphics, are important. That.
2: graphics are important to us. But if the game works with lower-end graphics, or works with a cel-shaded style, works with like stills, if it works, we are lo- willing to look past that stuff. Yeah. And audio is important, but it all depends on the complete package. Yeah. So it depends on the and, and
0: we'll And again, like what a lot of people don't seem to realize is that writers work for all sorts of different outlets they don't just they're not just there's very few people that are just like grounded in one particular outlet Mm. that they write to like Cole (laughs) 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 and me too I'm on that that boat too but um, the fact that like it is you bring up an excellent point you have to look at like the writer and Mm -hmm. what their perspective is in like the view of the game exactly right like uh so everyone's going to come with their own different context in exactly. the way that they're going to be cri- critiquing it. Exactly. Everyone jumps into something different. And the outlet just different. sort of frames that for them.
2: Exactly. And, that's and again, if you're wanting to review a, read a review of a game, just read whatever else he's didn't. If he's complained about numerous political stances and numerous other games, possibly that might come up here.
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't complain about Animal Cruelty no. and Monster Hunter. No,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but some people do. Some people understand it. And yeah. in that case, read Austin Walker's stuff. It was Austin Walker, right? I think so, yeah. and he he does. Some, he is a fantastic writer, mm-hmm. but he is. A, everyone has a vo- point of view. If he felt uncomfortable, the the kind of colonialist colonial attitude of Monster Hunter, which is there, yeah, then you know that might appeal to you. You might say, okay, I do not feel comfortable with this
1: game. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. Well, moving on to uh, a less politically charged game, I guess.
1: Like what? Like
0: God of War. Brendan, yeah. you can finally talk a lot more about God of War now. Still can't?
1: No, I still Not can't everything, talk. everything. What's I Kratos' states on Trump?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Kratos is very anti-Trump. You, could, you can tell from that bald head. He, <laughs> he embraces his baldness, and you can see he's like disappointed that Trump just doesn't accept it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can see his stern side, like, I don't know, man. real men accept they're bald. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tattoos and bald head, man, that, means, that screams only one thing. Beards. Beards, okay.
1: <laughs> A-class beards. Air-class
0: beards. But no, I mean... Um, yeah, well, y- okay. I fi- my view- what'd you think?
2: God of War is finally... It is finally where it needs to be for this generation. Like yes. Ascension pushed too far into Kratos no longer works for the twentieth, 21st century.
1: I would go even three pushed too three far. I think three
2: had some moments that... Kratos and There's scenes in Kratos um, in God of War 3 that did not work. Yes. like Wasn't there a scene where you just like have sex with Aphrodite, you're just like, sitting yep. there and you get life for it? Like, that's kind of gross. But people looked past it because there were some really memorable moments in that game. Mm-hmm. It pushed what God of War uh, worked, and it kind of showed how God of War, with the power of the PS3 at the time, could do some memorable moments. Where, like that opening scene where you ride the Titan up the cliff, like yeah, the Moundrel- Poseidon
1: battle And as then well. you fight for
2: Poseidon and you like, gouge out his eyes with the... <laughs> <laughs> it was visceral. But it was very much the boys' game. Like, Kratos is the man's man type character. And he's very angry man. He's an angry man. He's macho. He doesn't care what anyone says. And he's just going to do what he wants to do. I'm
1: killing everyone in that pantheon. How
2: dare you stand in front of me? Oh, you, you oppose me for logical reasons? Well, you know something? I could kill you now. Snap yeah. your neck. Um, Kratos has finally grown up. Yes. And I think that's the best way to describe how God of War 2018 works. It is a reimagining, but also a continuation of the series. You yeah. have Kratos, who before was just angry and had no sympathy. He's just a horrible person. Mm-hmm. He, he, like Something bad happened at one point, and that was really bad. He killed his own family because you know he was tricked. But
1: still... Yeah, come on. He finally, like, realizes that actions have consequences. Yeah,
2: exactly. And that's the thing. He now has a son. He's lost a wife. And he's, you can see he's restraining himself. You can see, like, this is what he normally, he'd be normally just, like, ripping through everyone in front of him. And he was like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to let, just talk to you. I'm going to be really angry talking to you, but I'm going to try to talk to you first. You can see he actually has relationships with the characters. Like, um, yeah. There are some characters in that game where he has legitimate relationships with. He has legitimate growth with, mm-hmm. beyond Atreus. Like Atreus, he has the generic growth of father son. But there are other characters in the game that. Actually I
0: I would, I would argue that it's not that generic. It's it's one of the. It's the way it was depicted was it not was, something it was that's te- commonly depicted. No, that's true. Not in a way that's commonly depicted in media.
2: No, I think the way Atreus and Kratos' relationship evolves.
1: It's a generic setup. Yeah. But how it evolves yeah. is something it's, of its own. It's,
2: it's unique because you do have a father that is a god. Yes, <laughs> yes. and um, you do have a son who is also a god. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. I mean, that's not really a spoiler because
1: I mean, he has to be half god at least because yeah. he's Kratos. Yeah.
2: Um, and it's that kind of dynamic between the two, mm-hmm. the dynamic of how they interact and the dynamic of who does what and what he's willing to work with his son with. Yeah. And it's showing that he's trying to be a father. He's trying to live up to new expectations he's never had, or he did have, and he blew those away. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's a really well-done story. It's a very touching story. But it also is a story that has those epic moments. But the epic moments have more impact as you care about the characters. You don't just say, well, I mean, Kratos is going to win because he's Kratos. Yeah. You now have little extra, uh, superfluous characters that kind of exist around you, and you can see them in danger in certain battles. And I think that's an interesting way to see Atreus saying, We have to save him. And Great is like, I don't care. And Great <laughs> is like, No, you, you have to do this. He's like, I, I'm guessing fighting this giant monster now. I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. But it, it shows. A human side to God of War that has never been there.
1: Yeah, he's now in the role of teacher instead of just murderer.
2: And no longer, he is do as I say, not as I do type character where he's like, okay, I did a lot of bad stuff. Don't do what I did. But he doesn't really want to go into details with this and he doesn't really want to tell how horrible he's been.
1: Yeah, he's affected by his past.
0: Yeah,
2: And I think that's, it humanizes Kratos in a way that I didn't think possible going in.
0: But the, the this is the thing the team that has been working on this
2: are now fathers. They're all that, parents,
0: yeah. and you can tell that they're starting to think about. I mean, as this generation of parents seems to be acting, like they're they're starting to really think about how they would handle that yep. kind of situation with their own children as they start aging. I mean, they're not exactly. I don't think any of them are very like old parents Like
2: like 40s 50s yeah, yeah
0: so they' probably have gone either gone through parts of this sort yeah. of thing when their kids hit teen years and they have to talk about their teen years in exactly. order to get relations and it's it's a, it's a really it's a thoughtful point of view that not a lot of media actually covers no and I especially also, in games media
2: I also think the choice of going with the Norse Pantheon is also a good cho- uh, a good idea because firstly, if you want to touch on parenting, the Norse gods are horrible parents. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, next to the Greek gods, they're bad, but the Norse ones are really bad. Yes. Um, also, it's a different; it's a completely different landscape. It, it allows you to show off more than just deserts, or the temples, or the weird halls of yeah. Greek mythology. You
1: have 9 whole realms to explore. Yeah, exactly, and they are very different.
2: Like, in the game, there's numerous areas that all feel unique. There's lush landscapes, there's snow tundras, there's waters, there's hell. <laughs>
1: All I gotta be hell. <laughs> yeah.
2: But there's, it, it's, it's a world that feels far more complete as yes. a game. Especially when comparing it to um, past God of War Experience, where it just was uh, dust uh, or uh, sand uh, swept t- temples the entire yeah. game. Like, Ascension was just, hey, do you want lots of sand? We got sand. Uh, yeah. It looked good sand, but it was sand.
1: I wasn't excited for Ascension.
2: So, I mean, I think this is finally... It's kind of a reimagining, but it's also uh, a way for God of War to move into the modern generation. It's a maturing of the series franchise. And I'm happy to see them do more of this kind of game, because I was... After Ascension, I'm like, you know, it's like, just, just... Kratos is done. Just stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> but now I'm actually happy to say that I want them to see to move forward with this experience. Yeah. I want to see what's next for Kratos, and I want to see what's next for Atreus.
0: Yeah, good point of view. All right,
2: and uh, you can read my full review. Oh yeah, <laughs> read
0: read the full review at CGMag online. Yeah, um, it's a really good one. It's a really long one. It's 2,000 words? Or something? something like that. You read a lot. I got plenty more. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can't wait. To, I, I I haven't played since the get, demo. So. Get
1: off the office account, Kenneth Shepard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll be hearing from a number of writers about God of War actually on the site. So if you're really interested in hearing more perspectives, please check it out because it'll be great. All right, guys. So I went to Pax East last week. I know you missed me, but...
1: Uh, oh, you're back.
0: I'm Hi. back. Hi. <laughs> um, and those are always really amazing experiences in terms of seeing what is, what's new, what's coming up. Um, and like just things to get excited for some first looks at some things. Uh, I got one of the first hands on, on, uh, tunic because that one, uh, I think the first playable build was only available at GDC this year Yeah, and we didn't go. Um, so tunic, if you don't know, was the, uh, Zelda, like with the little Fox, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it was shown off at uh, the PC Gamer Show and on the Microsoft, sh- uh, I think, uh, the, the Xbox uh, E3 exhibits. Yeah, I think it was more right. shown
1: off at the PC Show.
0: Yeah, and it was shown off at both, because I know they announced it as part of the um, ID Xbox uh, oh, segment yes, you're right, you're right. of the conference, and then they did that. But again, this is from Finji, so A Night in the Woods, so you know it's going to be great. Um, It was really adorable, um, and... It's very just got to play a little bit of it seems really clean seems really tight and i can't wait for that one to come out um it's so basically you're just you're just a little fox and you mm-hmm. have no explanation of what you're supposed to do because you you there are like just uh there are like little notes and things like that that you can find throughout the world but they're all in this very cryptic language kind okay. of, like runes that you cannot read and they're great um so you just go around you find things you get stronger you find more clues to go to more places and it's from the very little that I played it it was very enjoyable experience um likable characters um also coming from Vinji uh I got to play Overland
1: um I haven't heard anything about this one
0: I know and I want more things to be heard about this game okay so think of it it's a it's another puzzle style game um very similar to um uh like Lara Croft go and um okay uh, the go series and, yeah the go and Hitman go and things like that but just only in gameplay, really. It's not as linear as any of those. Those There are multiple ways to attack every section. So essentially what you are is you have to get a car, you have to get gas, and you have to go west. That's it. The
1: That's option. simple. That's it.
0: That's it. <laughs> so each, each, on each screen, you have the opportunity to make some friends as well. And the friends come in forms of just people who can help you kind of further your quests, like getting things and bringing things to the car and helping you move, because you're trying to go West because there's these little monsters that sort of appear after certain amounts of time. If you're in a place for too long and they will kill you like one shot, kill you kind of thing. Like you can't be anywhere near them. Um, and there's some great flavor text for all the characters that you have. So for example, you'll have like, you'll meet somebody. Her name is Karen. Uh, she likes, oatmeal with raisins and (laughs) she found a lump this morning. I can't remember exactly what the characters were, but there are things like, it's really like you expect flavor text to either be really like basic or really like superficial or silly. This one creates, I don't know how it does it, but in two sentences, very short sentences, creates a character that you can actually, like, relate to. Oh,
2: that's kind of cool. Yeah,
0: so it's like, there, it, you th- you don't think in terms of narrative for a, a game like this, but th- there's, like, a serious narrative behind it. Um, and it's a very early build that I got to play, but um, I'm really looking, like, I, again, because I'm just becoming, since Finji has gone onto mm-hmm. my radar, I've become such a massive fan of <laughs> anything that they produce. So um, I'm looking forward to those, too. Alright, moving on. Uh, I also got to play probably my game of the show, and you guys can't say anything about it but Shaq Fu.
1: Oh no, really? (laughs) I'm not
0: even joking. Really? No, dude. Okay, look. Alright, this is a game that does not pretend to be anything but what it is. It is a straight up joke, does not take itself seriously, Um, and it's just a fun beat-em-up with some great graphics. Um... And Shaq is actually voicing the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, there's, like, real crazy, like, little, uh, more fla- flavor, like dialogue that just sort of happens like he he'll, he'll come up to a box and he's like I hate boxes and just smash a box. <laughs> <laughs> and it it doesn't like there's all sorts of like there's jokes about Shazam, there's jokes about like oh. shoe endorsements. There's like it's it's stupid, it's predictable, but because it doesn't take itself seriously, I found my I like normally I'm like okay, this is stupid. I don't like these kind of like satirical mm-hmm. jokes. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't even like like it it doesn't faze you because it's it's just pure unadulterated Amazing, like just a fun time. The one thing I'm worried about, and they have, it's pretty much finished, and they have time to do this. Mm-hmm. The controls aren't as tight as they should be for a beat 'em up.
1: Okay. It's a little
0: slippery, and a little stally at certain, like not stally, stuttery at some points.
1: Mm-hmm. Like you feel latency.
0: Yeah, l- l- not even latency. It just sort of like it'll move. It'll it's responsive enough, but mm-hmm. it'll either slide a little bit or it'll like stop. A little too stuttered, but they have a lot of time to do this. It's supposed to be coming out in June, so they've got enough time to clean it up. There's not enough time. (laughs) I think it's going to be a great experience once it's finally out, and no one can tell me otherwise, because I am the optimistic voice of the podcast, and that's what it is.
1: It will never live up to the legacy of Charles Barkley shut up and jam Gaiden. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, see,
0: if this works, I want that to be made as a full game because I, I'm loving that Wired production will pick up these unfinished things and that mm. people have been talking about for like 10 years. And I mean, I this is like a 20 year too late kind of game, right? And and finish them and actually making them a really enjoyable experience like the Victor Ryan series that came out last year. And there was like the, the, re, the, the, uh, the Motorhead version that was kind of worked on for like five or six years before that, oh, yeah, yeah. before they picked it up and kind of got it all finished up. And it was kind of great. Um, okay. What else did I see? Uh, I saw uh, some stuff from Blizzard, which was cool. I got to play uh, one of the island uh, battles uh, and quests on, uh, for the battle of Azeroth or okay. World of Warcraft. Um, and it was fun. I haven't played World of Warcraft though for a really long time. So I've
1: never, I've never gone in. Yeah, I did. I, I, mean, did I, I, I first... played way back
2: when when it first launched, but yeah, because
0: I, I just finished.
2: I just don't have time for MMOs. That's, I, I think Blizzard does an amazing job with the World of Warcraft series. Oh, I just gosh, don't have yeah. time for
0: it. No, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be completely honest with you because I most of my like per- my central group of friends they they all play. Um, I started building a character when I first started. Played a little bit of the world but i am not a pc gamer i don't like sitting in front of a pc to play a game like even playing final fantasy 14 i still play console mm-hmm. so um it just it wasn't it was just more of the the atmosphere of that kind mm-hmm. of thing that just didn't sell it for me but i love the concept of the game and hearing my friends talk about it makes me really want to play it. and then i remember oh i have to sit down to a pc to play it but <laughs> yeah. but um yeah i got a chance to talk to the talk to the um the the team behind it uh, about the battle for Azeroth and some of the exciting things that are coming up. Um, the story is really nice and refreshing and a great way to kind of... This series has been going on for, what, 15?
2: It's been a while. 20 Year, years? Somewhere. At I'm least 15. To, at least
0: 15 years. So it's really hard to kind of keep a storyline fresh and exciting and good enough for people to kind of jump in on their own. And the fact that they're taking the world and splitting it off... And, and not quite retconning the story that had been going on um, between the Alliance and, and the Horde, but making it a lot f- a fresh, real reason for why things are happening now is really exciting to hear.
1: Are they saying um, that this is a good expansion for like new people to jump into World of Warcraft?
0: Basically, every expansion is a good expansion from what I've seen. Like I'm yeah. remembering when uh, Pan- the Pandera expansion happened yeah. and the, the way the story kind of worked on that. like You could have easily jumped in. I know this because of how it's set up. Everyone knows who the the Alliance is. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows who the Horde is. You can jump in right now and see it kind of the way you've... I feel like, personally, this is the way you've kind of built it up in your head. And the way the world is created right now works. So if you want to jump in now, probably a great time. Basically, any time an expansion comes in an MMO, I would honestly say that's the time to jump in because you can have all that backstory that you want to play to... And, or, you know, go and see the way the world's changed. Mm-hmm. World of Warcraft does change their world for every expansion. So it doesn't really matter about that backstory in terms of that. You will pick it up. Right. Okay. So that's kind of cool. I would say that. Um, I also got to play uh, Shadows of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm? Why do I say Shadows <laughs> of the Storm? Wow. Uh, Heroes of the Storm. And, okay, uh,
1: still generic. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what? Uh, they announced Deckard Cain as the new... Uh, character. I can't really talk much about that until May, but I will have a full rundown yeah. of everything that is involved in him. All I have to say is, yes, this character makes sense. Yes, the way you can play him <laughs> makes sense. Yes, it is a joy to watch right. and be a, a, both a joy to be attacked by and both a joy to play this character. <laughs> so, yes, I'm 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 in for it. I was not really into Heroes of the Storm, but. I kind of want to now.
1: (laughs) I'm so happy this character's killing me.
0: (laughs) No, seriously. I'll talk about it in May because that's when I can talk about it. But uh, there's some really awesome things that they've done. They have, and again, the team has so much fun with the characters they play because they basically it's made up of people who have worked on various Blizzard properties and love the properties that they've worked on. They came together to make this game so they could see everything that Blizzard does all in one shot and like play with it. Um, there's also, uh, with the release of the comic book that's going to be coming, um, I can't, I, will have to get back to you on, on who's producing it, but they're uh, allowing to create a, a bigger world within here, uh, sh- uh, heroes of the storm, which is kind of interesting because other than that, um, you just basically go with what you know of the characters from the other properties that you yeah. played. So it's kind of neat that it's becoming its own world, which is kind of exciting. Um, and by kind of exciting, I mean really exciting. All right. <laughs> uh, what else can I talk about? Um, I got to see. I got to see a lot of stuff. Uh, I got to play a little bit through Bethesda. Um, I got a hands-on with the new uh, Elder Scrolls expansion. Um, for Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, for Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, ah, I didn't know they were still supporting that. They actually. are very much so. Um, it was Elder Scrolls. I mean, it was fun. Yeah, yeah I, 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 there's that. Uh, got to play a few things on the Switch, so Wolfenstein 2, mm-hmm. uh, which we kind of already talked about. Um, it looks great on the Switch. Uh, it does have support for um, the aim, where you can... Wait, wait take that, take that, take that. take, they Joy-Cons? Joy-Cons! Yeah, sla- fra- da- 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 <laughs> it, do- it has Joy-Con support, and it's motion supported, so you can have motion aiming. Um, okay. Uh, I didn't personally like that,
1: I don't think a lot of people will, but at least I, it's an option.
0: But I don't also like the Joy-Con controllers, so I'm gonna. Be, I don't like how they make your hands. I have smaller hands, I suppose.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But, I mean, I can understand people that would like it. I understand why it would be an, an asset. Um. So that was kind of cool. Uh. What else did we see? All right. So, I also got to see uh, a playable of um. Dragon—not a playable, but a hands-off demo of Dragon Quest uh, Eleven. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty Dragon Quest. It's fully voice acted. Um, I'm not sure about I'm I'm not sure about the voice acting yet.
1: What? Why? Uh, Is it British? Yes. Okay, Cockney, so it's the Return of Eight. I'm good with that.
0: Everyone's kind of very Cockney. Uh, it's it's okay. I prefer. Honestly, I prefer my Dragon Quest without voice acting, but that's just me. Uh,
1: I need that British. It's pretty. Way. You know what? It's I want as British oh, possible.
0: <laughs> as possible.
2: British <laughs> as possible.
0: Really cool is you can uh, get a ho- you get a horse right off the bat, mm-hmm. and yeah. you can dash through places. Oh, does two warriors. Well, actually, there is there there are options where you can where there are events where you can kind of like when you're on the over map and you're you know how it, it there's no um there's no like spontaneous battles that kind of happen, you have to actually like directly attack something on the map. Yeah. Um. You can dash through it like Dynasty Warriors. It does no damage, but you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> um. It. I mean, it looks great. I'm really, really excited for a new Dragon Quest because I haven't played anything since eight. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a 3DS player, right. so.
1: I, that was the last one I actually went into yep. was eight 3DS, which was good.
0: Yeah. Um. I I played it on. I think on playstation when it came out i was loved it very excited about that um loved the Dragon quest series for a long time before that so i'm really excited to see this coming to the west and i can't wait to see more of it um a couple of the indies that i got to check out uh, i got to see a game called monster prom it's a cooperative uh party style dating sim where you take the form of a monster and you have to date other monsters Um, in like a high school setting and ask them to the prom. Uh, it's really funny. It's got some great uh, again character text where, like for example, you have to say, you have a choice of stopping an argument. One of the choices that you have to stop the argument is open your mouth, bees. Like what? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's how you stop the argument. So it, it really plays on like high school stereotypes and like yeah. monster stereotypes and all of that kind of thing. It's just it's funny. It's so, fun.
1: So is it the classic array of like Halloween monsters or yeah, yeah yeah?
0: So basically, you're gonna have your vampires and your your Frankenstein's monster and your like zombies and yeah. so on and Creature so forth. From the
1: Black Lagoon. Basically,
0: it's like what was that? Monster High. Yeah, the, those dolls, done. Yeah. But you know, cartoony, doesn't take itself so seriously. Kind of the the developer was pitching it more like a hybrid between like South Park and an Archer kind of style and its humor. Um, yeah, I got it a little bit. I got okay. it a little bit. It's it's it's. It's cool. Um, there were a plethora of Soulsborns this year.
2: Really, Soulsborns at pack. So many
0: Never. Soulsborns.
1: Are these the Dark Souls of those games? It's the Dark Souls of Soulsborns. Oh,
0: <laughs> no! But I, I got to play it. I got to play one. Um, hopefully, we'll get uh, Preston on to talk about some of the ones that he has. But if you we don't, you get to check it out. His uh, rundown actually on the site on CGMag Online. Uh, I got to play one called Dolmen. Um, it was kind of like a futuristic Call of Cthulhu esque. Soulsborn. Okay. It's really pretty. It's plays like a Soulsborn. Um, you're in space. It's got amazing little uh well, you're not on space. You're in a world that has been torn apart by the old gods and now you're kind of finding your way through the world. It doesn't really matter. There's a lot of like really cool fighting and some great type, <laughs> like, thing, weapons and stuff. Um I got to play uh Last Year the Nightmare, which is basically a it's it's kind of like a dead by daylight except you're in high school and so play playing the killer you have to try to kill off if you're playing the killer you're killing off all of the high school stereotypes that are pl- like yeah. populating the school area um and uh it you work cooperatively to try to get the killer obviously and it's it's fun um I, it was hard.
1: <laughs> Why? What was your first role?
0: My first role, I played... Okay, I made the stupid mistake of picking the engineer. Okay. All right. And they didn't really have a weapon. They just set up things that really didn't do much when the killer was breathing down my neck. Okay. Um. Then I played, like, I guess, a, just a, a fighter with, like, a pipe. And that didn't really help me much either because that <laughs> killer just popped out of nowhere. Um. You can kind of see them on the map, but it's just... It really plays very much like um, a horror flick.
1: So, is it all set in a high school? It's
0: all set in a high school. Okay. You're going through the gyms, you're going through the underground, like, uh, maintenance shafts and things like that at points. Yeah. Going through classrooms.
1: Going to drama. Going to drama.
0: (laughs) It's, it's fun. It, like it, it, the booth was full all week for a reason. Um, I also got to check out the Devolver booth and a few of the notable games I saw was I Hate Running Backwards which takes a lot of the Devolver properties and like you have to run it's basically an endless runner but not and <laughs> endless runner bullet hell where you're supposed to kind of like go through these levels and like try to avoid getting hit and try to kill things. But you can play as like some of your favorite devolver characters. Like for instance, I played uh, Rambro, which is great. And he has oh. special things that you pick up and attack. Um, I also got to play the swords of Ditto, um, which is an ad- another adorable roguelike Zelda, like cartoony kind of adventure. Um, yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say really about that. It's really pretty. A fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's a fun roguelike, and there's a lot to do. There's bosses to find. and mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, it, Devolver properties are usually a pretty good bet that these indies are, are good, well-curated games. Yes. And so it's not really hard to kind of say. That was kind of great. Um, and finally, I think the last thing I'm going to talk about is Mother Gunship. Um, only because I love to- tower of gun games. I love customization. Yeah. I love customization. That's modular. I love customization. <laughs> that lets me literally do anything. I feel like doing, if I want nine barrels, I will have nine barrels. If one of those barrels is going to spew guns, uh, a <laughs> few other guns and like bombs and like flamethrowers, I will do that. And you can do that in this game. And it's just really fun. Nice. So check that one out when it comes out. Um, I'll have to leave some of these for other ones because we're kind of running out. But I'm just f- looking through my list. And I'm like, oh, there's so many ones I want to talk about. They're so great. But I will do a part two next week because we're, we're going a little long. So, yeah, guys. Yeah, I think it's time to wrap up. I agree. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear or you want to hear more about the things that we've talked about, please vis- visit us at cgmagonline.com. You can like and subscribe to our podcast on Buns Podcast Network. Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcasts, podcasts, podcast apps. Um,
2: (laughs) You got there eventually. Yeah,
0: I got there one. It was a long journey, but it was a finite journey. Seven takes. Seven (laughs) takes later. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at CG Magazine. You can follow us on Instagram at CG Online, and you can follow us on Twitter at CG Online. Gentlemen, would you like to plug your Twitters? Cole, what is your Twitter?
3: At Kaiser underscore Watson.
0: Alex, what's
3: your Twitter? At Axe Hansiuk
0: and brendan what's yours
3: beef fry 26
0: and i'm at least awesome with no ease um, you can catch past episodes of pixels on youtube and as well as a number of really great videos so you can like and subscribe to that channel if you like i suggest you do because it is great thanks again to buns podcast network and comic vento for sponsoring our podcast and for everyone here at cg magazine have a great weekend